Hello, dear listener. This is Re-Educating Dad, the cross-generational talk show with me, Big Tone, and my daughter, Little Tone. We are at either ends of the cross-generational continuum, so we have different views. How are you today, Little Tone? Good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very, very well. So, last week, we had a rather somber episode, episode 77, when we, uh, just when Ukraine had been invaded by its neighbor, Russia, and since then there have been quite a few developments. When we spoke last week, the invasion had basically just started, and in the early days, it looked as though Ukraine's very brave, spirited resistance might make Russia think twice. But since then, a number of things have happened, culminating in Putin really up, upping the violence including committing war crimes and genocide and not showing any appetite for peace until he's essentially, I would say, reduced the country to a pile of rubble. Also, he made quite early on, but I think after we recorded our last episode, <clears throat> he essentially said to the West, don't even think about interfering and making what was um, an indication that he was ready to use his nuclear deterrent. I think that's an accurate way of putting it. So I think since then, uh, since our last episode, it's it's looking very, very like uh, the Ukrainian people. Well, the Ukrainian people are being subjected to a barrage of bombings. And this is, I'm talking about civilians, not just military um, targets, but civilians. They're com- they've been coming out with Molotov cocktails even, standing in front of tanks, um, confronting Russian soldiers. But uh, it looks to me like the subjugation of Ukraine is an inevitability. What do you think, Little Tone? Let's get your perspective. Um, you're from the younger generation. That's my perspective from the old wrinkly generation i really don't know i mean i I don't know whether anyone's going to try and step in or not um it seems unlikely because of uh how putin is speaking you know he's he's been quite threatening about people stepping in um it seems all very strategic like i was saying before we got on on here about that he's gone after the largest nuclear power station in Europe, um, which has been frightening other people. 
Um, I don't. I, I really just don't know. Sorry. I don't know, like, what's going to happen. For some reason, it's reminded me of when the news, you know, we started getting the news stories about how stuff was like, you know, how um, COVID was spreading in the Far East and how everyone thought, like, oh, you know, it's like SARS. It's never going to reach us in the UK. It's mm. not going to be a big deal. And, uh, you know, they kept playing the, 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 you know, media kept playing it down. I, I think they were playing it down. Um, which seems to be the opposite of what they normally do. And then suddenly it just hit us like really hard. And I'm just worried that we're kind of like walking around kind of ignorantly thinking, oh, this is a thing that's going on really far away. It's never, ever going to be a problem for us. And and then suddenly we're going to be stuck in the middle of World War III. Um, that's kind of the thing that I'm most worried about. Um yeah, someone said something very similar to me um, earlier today about the, the thinking about when the coronavirus started and how everybody just said it's just a flu and it's nothing. And then it turned into a, you know, a really serious situation. Life, also, thing, yeah. people, people were, you know, there were early, there was early talk by in some quarters that it had been let out by a, Chinese laboratory in Wuhan and everybody, that, was quite, you know, that was quite believable as well I yeah thought. but people people were saying you know no China, you know people were being shot down for conspiracy theories but, but it looks highly likely that that's the case that that actually was the case it wasn't to do with a back cave or any you know or a jumping from a whatever antelope or to a chicken or whatever I mean it was to a human it did it, it turned out that that was that is it seems very likely that what it was. Yeah. And of course, Russia, as we said last week, I mean, Russia was saying, oh, you're all just, why you've got this hyster hysterical um, talk going on in the West. We've no, no intention of invading when, when they, the Western intelligence was exactly right. Yeah, exactly. But I think it, the, the problem is for me is it all feels very complicated and quite incestuous you know, all this stuff about Jeremy Corbyn and Boris and stuff like that and the amount of money that's been donated by, you know, Russian, what's the word, ol oligarchs or whatever they're called? Yeah, oligarchs, yeah. Yeah, have, that has been donated to the Tory party and then the Tory party is saying absolutely that's not happened, but then it has been, it has been, um, the donations have come from people that have dual nationality they have Russian names, but they have dual nationality in Russia and in the UK. And then there's been this, you know, outcry of the public asking for the Tory party, <coughs> sorry, the Tory party to give the two million back, the donation back to the donor, and them saying, well, no, that you know, that money hasn't come from the Russians, even though it has. <laughs> I just don't. It's just all seems to be very complicated, like. You said to me yesterday or a couple of days ago about Jeremy Corbyn being an, an a apologist. Sorry, what's, it, what's the word? Yeah, apologist a is, good, is a good word. A sympathizer for the for Russia or, or for Putin, and and then I read about this massive donation that's come in from you know a, a Russian donor, and it, it it just all feels incredibly complicated again, and I just don't know. 
well, what to believe. Leaving that that um, issue on one side, uh, two questions. Well, let's start. Well, two questions. Should Ukraine surrender at this point? And if so, then what? I don't really think that they're putting up much of a fight, are they? I think they're putting I up an, an amazing fight. I think they have really. I think they really slowed Russia down. I think Russia expected to go in there and get a, you know, have a blitzkrieg. Uh, and, I mean, uh, I mean, like physically, I don't feel like they are. It doesn't feel like, you know, two parties battling. It feels like Ukraine are just trying to protect what they have. They're not. They're not the aggressors in this situation. Well, they're certainly um, not the aggressors. They're just a the peaceful democratic country, whereas. Putin is painting them as, uh, you know, a Nazi-like regime. And, of course, Putin has sold it to his um, military, the sol told the soldiers that they're going to be, uh, you know, received with roses and welcome because they're, they're being so oppressed by the government in Ukraine. Well, nothing could be further from the truth, of course. And actually, this this aspect is quite a cross generational aspect uh, to consider. Uh, the The situation with the soldiers that have been captured by Ukraine. One of the things that they've one of the techniques that they've done is they've actually videoed the soldiers being captured and the soldiers crying and this. And and I believe in in one case that was covered by BBC's Question Time, as I understand it. Not that I watched it, but. Uh, there's, there was a situation where a soldier uh, called his parents, saying, well, "We're not, you know, we're we're not. They don't want us here. The people don't want us here." Um, no, that's what happened. That the the people that the Ukrainians called his mum hmm. and said, "He's safe. We fed him. He's safe. Hmm. You don't need to worry about him." Well, so the, he didn't like. What my, one of my friends from the RAF told me was that um, uh, the. the a situation happened where a soldier phoned home and the parents would not believe their own son mm. um, because they come from the older generation and the older generation, this is the cross-generational aspect I wanted to get into with you, the older generation are completely, uh, they, they are avid watchers of the Russian TV. The Russian TV is simply a mouthpiece for the regime. Yeah. And they believe everything that they're told and have done throughout their lives. That's the way it works. But the younger generation have social media. They sure do. And so Sounds they can. Familiar. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> uh, they can see what's really happening in the world. And they are protesting. Of course, it's been announced now that uh, anyone who spread, as Putin puts it, spreads lies about their military operation in Ukraine uh, will be jailed for up to 15 years. Mm, well, that's yeah. what happens under his regime is that every, you know, any dissident gets silenced. But it is, it does make you also look at the, the systems that in which we live in, in the UK as well. For instance, when the BBC reported that only thousands of people turned out for BLM movement and actually ended up being like hundreds of thousands Hmm. You know, very much tried to make it look smaller than it was. And it is, again, this big conversation around like big media and the re responsibility they have to be unbiased and tell the truth. 
and obviously it's completely different because in this situation you've got a um like a tyrant or com com communist is that the right word well they're not they're no longer a well, nominally, they're no longer a communist regime. They they were communist, and then, of course, the Berlin Wall came down, and they it opened it up to. I won't say a democratic society, but it but a society. No, but a capi a I would say a capitalist, because really, communism is more of a financial. Right. Okay. Uh, concept, not more than a political concept. So, you know, communism fell. It, it, communism has always failed. It, it's a system that doesn't work. But but it wasn't replaced with a democracy. It was replaced with capitalism without the democracy, um, yeah. which is a horrible combination. And that's how you got oligarchs. Because yeah, because they're, they're like emperors, aren't they? The definition with mum about what an oligarch is, and it essentially translates to being emperors, which feels very medieval doesn't it it does uh, i wasn't aware of that but but um you know they they essentially just were able to steal money <laughs> so uh from the system so you know they they accumulated enormous amounts of wealth the, um so but a lot of them moved abroad well yeah because you know, who the hell you know if you've got a great big yacht you're not going to want to sail it around siberia right i mean you you want to um <laughs> you want to be in the Mediterranean or somewhere like that, somewhere sunny. So, you know, you've got these Italian, you've got these oligarchs with Italian villas and they're being confiscated, huge, massive yachts. I mean, they're, you know, they're massive, these yachts, some of them have got hundreds of millions of, of pounds worth of yacht and they're being, you know, they're, they're being seized, uh, which, which is, which I think is great news. I mean, the, the one thing that we, I think the one thing that is, has the best chance of, working here is the financial squeeze on russia to so that they can't so putin can't afford this warmongering because it's expensive going to war is not cheap yeah, yeah. Um, but, I, but mean, I really seriously wanted to you to consider the the question should ukraine surrender because um i mean you know that feels horrible to me that they should surrender but at the moment they're just being bombed into oblivion i know mean, you've got mothers babies you know, grandmothers, grandfather, they're just being bombed to oblivion. And how many lives are going to be lost? Because he's not going to stop. Well, I mean, I don't think that I can really take a, a stance on that because I think that a, a, there'll be a large portion of people that from Ukraine that want to stand up for their freedom and then for their rights. There's no um, question about that. But 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 at the end of the day, if this, if their situation is hopeless. And they're just going to, you know, essentially. I don't, believe, I don't. I don't. So, believe is the wrong word. I don't agree that violence is ever the answer. I, I believe in in peaceful conversation. So, obviously, I don't want anyone else to die. And if the if the way to save lives is to surrender, then perhaps. But I mean, also, I just don't think there's going to be any stopping them. To be honest, if they get Ukraine, when you say probably you when you say you believe in peaceful com um, conversation, how would that have worked against Hitler? Well, we know that um, I've forgotten what his name is, but we he we brought him up in conversation before. We know that there was someone working for the UK government that actually managed to have really positive conversations with Hitler about how to prevent um, 
Who? What's his name? Are you talking about Neville Chamberlain? Yes. Okay. Well, ne- I mean, Neville Chamberlain thought he had reached an agreement with um, Hitler. But yes. H- Hitler had no intention of, of, of complying with that agreement. Well, I mean, okay, well, this is the difficult thing because also you, f- f- from my point of view, like um, Putin is just like completely out of his mind, you know? Yes. So, I mean, it's very difficult to try and reason with someone who's clearly like completely not not with it. He's not on this planet. You know, even even from the point of view where he's, his the, the Kremlin are completely surrounded by these high walls and, you know. Yeah. Constantly worried about being under attack. Yeah, he's um, par- he's paranoid and and bonkers. Um, but and but KGB and all of that, you know, like sending people out to like kill people in the most brutal way. I mean, he's clearly like not with it at so all. So, how is peaceful conversation going to work with someone like that? Well, well I, could, I think that the American view would be to take him out. Probably, it would be to go like like how they did with um, loads of these. Uh, I've forgotten what the word is again. Oligarchs. Oligarchs. Yeah. Oligarchs. Mm. They they just went and took them out uh, in Russia because the um, the poorer people or whatever didn't want to live under the, the those systems anymore. Um, I'm I don't know what I'm talking about, so I feel like I'm absolutely not like in a position to have an opinion at all. But I he does well, seem insane to me, and I don't know what the answer is. I think it's very scary, and I have, like I said before, I've got friends in neighbouring countries that are very concerned. Um, my friend from Lithuania said that when she went back home, people were literally queuing at the gun shops, and there was no money in the ATMs because they're terrified, even though yeah. they're a NATO country. I mean, it, it doesn't bear thinking about. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure terror. You know, uh, terror. It must terrorise people, and he's a terror. I mean, he's a he is he is a potentially terrorist. nuclear <laughs> terrorist because he's been indiscriminately bombing nuclear facilities. And, you know, if he, if, if he damages a reactor, um, you know, you, you could have Chernobyl times 10 or 15. And that- no, they, they, they disputed that someone, uh, apparently someone said that the, cause they've just tried to seize this, um, this largest nuclear power station in Europe. It's not, the, it's not Chernobyl. It's another one. No, I know it's not Chernobyl, but, yeah. Um, but they apparently, a scientist said that it could be catastrophic 10 to 15 times the, the um, worse than uh, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. And um, it was completely disputed that that could happen. But Why? I think the point On what basis? On what basis was that disputed? Because they'd, 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 they've literally completely sealed it with concrete. Oh, come on. If, no. If, 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 no, no. Warning no. about it being disputed. Look, well, I'll, I, I, I'll, do you know, I'll look it up, but because there's no point in us uh, disagreeing about it now, because I, I don't have the facts in front of me. But um, what I was going to say is, I feel like with Putin, it's like he's on the border of doing something that's almost completely insane without quite doing it. So he's well, going to these places and terrifying people and causing damage without actually, you know, without actually going the full way. If that makes sense, he's well, doing enough terrify everyone I, I think he has the potential to go nuclear and go world war three because i think he's bonkers i mean the, the, it he is bonkers, but i think he's still strategic you know and i i think that it wouldn't serve any anyone for him to start throwing nuclear bombs left right and center no. it's not going to serve 
going to help him get his Soviet regime back. Well, it's going it? to end the world. It would be Armageddon. Yeah, but why? Why? I don't think that he wants that. I can't no. possibly understand why he would want that unless oh, he I'll, felt I'll, like. I'll, I'll give you a, my theory. I, I think that he uh, it wouldn't be his first choice, but I don't think he's prepared to uh, fail. Okay, so you, I asked you a question in the week, and you asked me to ask you now in this oh, podcast. I? Gosh, I hope. And I... my my question was, if he's got so many n- nuclear weapons, why doesn't he just hold us to ransom all the time? Why is it? Why doesn't he say, "I want eighty billion pounds, or I'm going to start nuking countries"? Do well, it doesn't work like that. Um, uh, you said that they were they were poor economically, but they were rich in weapons. Well, so rich I think they're they're only rich in nuclear warheads. Um, that's the only thing that they're that's the only part of their military, as I understand it, which is which is if which is actually greater than the U.S.'s. I mean, nobody else well, has a nuclear. This is what we discussed, and I said. Why is it that they're not holding us to ransom for things left, right, and centre? Because it does, it, that level—I mean, you're talking—that sort of level of, of um, hostility, battle—you're talking Armageddon. Because what happens is they fire their, or one side fires its nuclear uh, missiles at the other. Um, and they would have to go straight after the U.S. because whoever they're having the conflict with, they, they're not going to surgically take out Israel or, you know, France or the U.K. because we, we're pathetic compared to our, our nuclear capability, our military capability generally, but our nuclear capability certainly is pathetic. They could. They could. They could take out Ukraine and then, and then they could say this is a taste no, of what's to come. No, because if it. they did that, the U.S. would probably launch immediately. Uh, they would uh, they would launch an all out nuclear strike, I believe, against the uh, against Russia. Um, well, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's no, terrifying. It's, it is terrifying, <laughs> and I agree with that. But so what I'm what I'm saying it isn't the sort of thing where they can say we've got nukes. If you don't, we're going to destroy France. If you don't do this, it's a question of that is the absolute ultimate. And w- w- when they fire their long range nuclear uh, missiles, which they have many of, many many of, at U.S. cities. That will be detected within minutes, if not less than that, by the U.S. The U.S. will almost certainly immediately launch an uh, an overwhelming strike on all of or every Russian uh, facility, every Russian facility, and potentially the whole country, every populated part of the country, you know, every city, and that would take approximately. 30 minutes for that whole situation to play out. But then the the earth is destroyed. Exactly. Exactly. But what I'm saying is exactly so. But what I'm saying is I think he has that potential because he is unbalanced, bonkers, and, and, you know, so, so um, invested in not failing that that would be he would do that before failing that's what that's what that's my assessment you know that's my assessment of the, of the man i might be totally wrong of course but that's my assessment of it so i think he's extremely dangerous and that's the reason why we're, we're not i think 
tell me if you have a different view, but I think that's the reason we're not really helping Ukraine. Other than oh yeah, I, I, there's absolutely no doubt that that's why we're not really helping Ukraine. Yeah, so but we're I mean, scared uh, of we're okay. scared of we're scared of him doing exactly what I'm saying because he's. But then again, yeah. you know, I so, don't know. So the question is, the first question is: Look, it's inevitable that Russia will 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 uh, overwhelm Ukraine. To my mind, it's inevitable. They haven't even yeah. begun to deploy their full military yet. Um, their full med- military capability. They've got nowhere near it. So it's overwhelming. So in that scenario, wouldn't it be better for Ukraine to surrender? Uh, now, yeah, once, So once that happens, if that happens, and once that happens, what next? Now that well, is I think huge they go for Belarus, and then that's a NATO country, isn't it? Is it? Is it? Is Belarus? Belarus. Belarus. Oh, I thought it was a silent S. Belarus. Yeah, because it's uh, short for Russia. Right, but it's it's a NATO country, isn't it? No, it's 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 very much part of part of Putin. Oh. Uh, well, then I mean, like, I, I just I feel like they're not going to stop at Ukraine. Well, so this is the next this is the next step uh, that people are talking about. Um, that because what the strategy of the West is to say, if you attack, if you if you attack or invade a NATO member, which Ukraine is not, of course, if you do that, that is a declaration of war on the whole of NATO. Right. So that is our red line and will result in a military response, a direct military response. He can't win that. And therefore, that's, that is my concern that he goes, you know, he goes Armageddon. He presses the Armageddon button. That's my real, real concern. He has to be pretty bored to, for this to be what he's doing. Well, I think you, you know what. No, I think, look at the size uh, of Russia. Why would they need any more land? Well, it, his argument is Ukraine is really part of Russia. It's always been part of the old Soviet Union. It is. It is. They are Russian people. Um, it has a hostile Nazi government, Nazi regime, uh, which is oppressing the people that don't really want to be. But they want to be Russian. They want to be part of uh, Putin's domain, um, and therefore they'll they'll welcome us us doing this. That's his pretext. It's could it couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> Everyone can see that. But that's his pretext. That's what he's selling to the Russian people, and they're largely buying it. Um, so. Not sure where I was going to go with that, but the, the but the point is that he, you know, the the, the big worry is that his net, he his ambitions won't stop there. But what his his argument is that he doesn't want Ukraine to become part of. Oh, that's what I've I just remembered now. U- Ukraine. He doesn't want Ukraine to become part of NATO, and Ukraine desperately wants to become part of NATO, because if they were part of NATO now. NATO would consider that an attack on the whole of NATO. Mm. He doesn't want that to happen. He says that that's not going to happen. 
And so he's willing to reduce the whole of Ukraine, which is his na- a country neighboring Russia, very big area, by the way. He's willing to bomb it to a pulp and leave it just as a mass of, like the moon, if necessary. Well, like a lot of Russia, which is a mass. Yeah. Um, but he, he's, he's not prepared to tolerate um, having a, having you know, that vast area, a hostile uh, neighbor. Um, And in fact, your friend Jeremy Corbyn and his ilk, uh, you know, are are essentially saying that he's right and that it's it's NATO hostility that's brought this about. about. Yeah, I saw that... um, I saw that Jeremy Corbyn said that basically it was because uh, NATO soldiers were on the border of Russia. Yeah. That, that they were almost provoking a reaction. It, yeah, for me, it's of... really hard to decide whether that is partially true or whether they were there because they suspected an attack or whether they were provoking. I think that the problem is, is that I just still don't trust the press. I don't yeah. trust our government either because our government... Is has proven that it can't even follow its own rules and is constantly lying about stuff. Well, that's true, so, and, and all governments will do that. But the point is that we are a democratic process. We we are a democratic country. We can, and much as you well, criticise really the media, right yes, now, we are. We're I not mean, we, really no, because we don't have we don't have a powerful opposition. So we're not really democratic right now. Well, we are. We just don't have a powerful oppos- opposition. I agree with that. Maybe Actually, that it's, more than it's, it, it's more powerful. It's more powerful. You're talking over me. Did you okay. know that? Yeah. Well, you're that is, that is what makes a democracy <laughs> a democracy is by having an op- a strong opposition. Well, it's, no, it's one component. It's a very important com- it, component. Just because you, get, if you if you don't have balanced conversation. It doesn't cease. One to, party. Okay. It doesn't cease to be a democracy because it goes through times of having a weak opposition. I mean... Uh, I disagree. I don't think that the I don't think that opposition has ever been this weak before. And we had a whole episode on why that was a scary thing for democracy. So well, don't start backpedaling now, Mister. I'm, back, I'm, I'm not. I'm seriously not backpedaling. But to say we're not a democracy, uh, you know, I mean, there, there are criticisms of all democracies that that are valid. Okay. Well, I I criticize how democratic we are, but we are a democracy. Okay. Good. Well, I would. I'll go with that. That's fine. Uh, but what we're what we're absolutely not is a regime that uh, puts pe- puts uh, puts politicians who don't agree with us in jail. No, but I do. Worse, I, do I do understand why a psycho would feel provoked by NATO soldiers standing on the border waiting for an attack. Well, N- NATO is a peacekeeping organization. You know that, that it's never it's never been an aggressor. But 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 you, it's not. I mean, p- yes, but they still have soldiers on the border of Russia. So while you're saying they're peacekeeping, it I don't know. They'll still be on the border of Russia. Pre- I'm just saying that if I was a psycho like Putin, then I might see that as being provocative. Yeah, well, it's just I'm so glad that your man Corbyn never got into power. God help us if he did. Um, but um, what next then? If 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 Ukraine 
it you're might, being provocative. Either Ukraine, either Ukraine surrenders, or it just gets beaten to a pulp. Um, and then the, I'm sure there'll be resistance because the Ukrainian people are proud, you know, fiercely, um, guard, uh, fiercely wanting to maintain their free freedoms. I'm sure they will continue to fight back in whatever form they, even when they're completely, you know, their country's completely destroyed, they will continue to fight. But uh, what will happen next? Well, you know, essentially this, the confront, then comes the confrontation because the, the likelihood is that buoyed up by his success in Ukraine, he will do something further, like go into Poland or Lith. Was it Latvia? You said. No, Lithuania. Lithuania. Your your um, friend comes from one of those countries. The likelihood is that he, his ambitions will not end at Ukraine. Also, China is supporting him in every sense, which is a very dangerous thing because China has one thing that, well, a lot of things actually that that he doesn't have, and that is loads of money. I mean, there's no, you know, they, they're not short of resources in any shape or form. And uh, the, the, their next step will probably be to invade Taiwan. Well, why are they supporting him? Because it's they see it as in their interest to do so. Um, and they don't trust the, the West any more than we trust them. What is wrong? Why are, how can we be such a, progressive civilization and still keep bombing and killing each other all the time well you know what that's that's been something that's been occupying my mind the last few days is you know the, the kind of species we are the way we treat one another um you know i think we can really forget about the climate emergency because this is a much more likely end this is a much more likely extinction scenario than than the climate scenario much more likely in my opinion and right now we're really seeing how likely it is. I think anyone who goes out and starts, you know, holding up people going about their daily business because of their because of insulating homes or for you know whatever using diesel cars or whatever it is, I I think they will be there will be no tolerance very little tolerance from the from the pe the public. Uh, when you when you when you see this sort of situation that really is a really is an imminent um, critical danger. Anyway, we, we've actually gone quite considerably over our time. Um, but thank you for yeah, your views. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is terrifying. I am actually feeling very, very concerned. Very, very concerned. At the moment, I, I hope this subsides. I hope there's an end to it, but I don't see a uh, um, very quick end to it by any means. Anyway, um, sorry to be so depressing. Uh, would love to be talking about something a lot lighter, but this is the biggest thing that's going on in the world at the moment, and I think it, it one way or another, it's going to affect. Well, it is affecting us all, and it's going to. I think it's going to affect us all quite profoundly. Uh, so, on that very cheerless note uh, please let us have your comments and feedback um, we always love to hear from you and we reread everything that is sent to us and um, please like and share and do all that good stuff and we will 
see you next time. But for now, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Okay, everyone. Bye for now.